Thanks for popping on your headphones and joining us for an episode of Ballsy History, a podcast about big personalities and little-known stories. Settle in for a tour of the outrageous acts, incredible stories, and outside characters that shape history. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and I'm glad you're tuning in. Today, it's just me at the mic because everyone else said this topic was a little too icky. However, I find it fascinating, so let's dive in. Today on our show, we'll learn where zoology and forensic science meet to help solve mysteries and murders. Forensic entomology is the study of insects in criminal investigations, and it helps provide a longer-term window into when a person died than body temperature and rigor mortis. In fact, insect colonizers can be used to estimate the time interval between death and corpse discovery, movement of the body, the manner and cause of death, and possible association to suspects at the death scene. Not bad for a bunch of tiny bugs. The first recorded incident of insects used in a criminal investigation was in 13th century China, when a farmer was found murdered and all the suspects were told to place their sickles on the ground. One had blood on it that was invisible to the naked eye, but that was enough. It attracted blowflies, which resulted in confession by the murderer. Things didn't really take off until the 1800s in France, where the body of a newborn led to the idea of insect squads visiting and destroying a corpse at specific intervals. Maggots on a corpse may be disconcerting to some people, but they are welcome if you are a forensic entomologist. Insects are a reliable indicator of an individual's time of death, and even more information. By looking at the times insects were known to have been active, investigators can use the information to determine when a crime occurred. Insects also exhibit a tendency to live only in certain areas, so if bugs are present on the corpse, they can help scientists zone in on the physical location where the crime was committed and determine whether the body was moved from the actual crime scene post-mortem. Even in early stages of decomposition, insects are attracted to a decomposing body and may lay eggs in it. By studying the insect population and the developing larval stages, forensic scientists can estimate the post-mortem index, change in position of the corpse, and cause of death. But how did this idea get started? During medieval times, sculptors and painters closely observed decomposition of human bodies in order to make realistic and detailed illustrations of corpses containing maggots. In 1668, Italian scientist Francesco Redi designed a scientific experiment to test the spontaneous creation of maggots by placing fresh meat in two different jars. One was left open, and the other was covered with cloth. Days later, the open jar contained maggots, and the covered jar contained no maggots. He concluded the generally accepted spontaneous generation of maggots from meat was actually the result of infestation by adult flies, based on observations of rotting meat, whether open to or protected from fly activity. This represented a significant breakthrough in our understanding of insect involvement in decomposition. Now, let's journey to France in 1850. 
the body of a newborn child was discovered in a fireplace where it had mummified due to the dry heat. The child's internal organs had been devoured by insect larvae that emerged, leaving the shells behind. In the thickness of the muscles, there were larvae or living white grubs, two clues. By being able to determine the time frame of death, investigators would be able to determine which of four tenants was living there when the child died. Enter French physician Louis Bergaret, one of the first forensic entomologists. He spent time studying different insect species and their patterns of succession in cadavers. In other words, what was happening to the decaying body and what insects were hanging out with the body or in it at various points. He analyzed the insect evidence and determined the child had died seven years prior. This led the police to a young couple who had been occupying the house at the time. They were arrested and convicted of murder. At nearly the same time, Jean-Pierre Mignat, an army veterinarian, recognized the colonization of corpses by insects outside of the grave takes place in predictable waves. His book, Le Fond des Cadavres, published in 1894, is a milestone of forensic entomology. In it, he provides a summary of 15 years of studies on the dating of a subject's death, based on observation of the latter's cadaver, which numerous insect squads have visited at regularly successful intervals. After the French publication of his book on the applied aspects of forensic entomology, the concept spread to Canada and the U.S. Researchers began to understand that a lack of systemic observations of forensically important insects stood in the way of using them as indicators of post-mortem interval. General advances in insect taxonomy as well as ecology helped close this gap over the following decades. Now we know, as soon as death occurs, cells start dying and enzymes start digesting the cells inside out. The body starts decomposing. Bacteria present in the gastrointestinal tract start destroying the soft tissue and producing liquids and gases. The volatile molecules escaping from the decomposing body are what attract the insects. These volatile molecules released during each stage can modify the insect behavior. Based on studies done in the 1950s, it was found that sulfur-based compounds were responsible for initially attracting the flies to the decomposing carcass. But egg laying by the flies is induced by the ammonium-rich compounds that are present. In 1986, research identified different categories of insects found on decomposing bodies. Here are a few. Necrophagous species feeding on the carrion, predators and parasites feeding on them, and species like springtails and spiders which use the corpse as an extension of their environment. Even fiction writers such as Edgar Allan Poe, who is noted for including graphic depictions of human decomposition in some of his works, includes etymological references. His poem, The Conqueror Worm, published in 1843, features death symbolized through a worm feasting upon human remains. The University of Tennessee Knoxville is the home to an anthropology research facility popularly known as the Body Farm. 
It was the first of only a handful of such facilities in the world where researchers study the science of human decay and law enforcement officers train to recover human remains at crime scenes. In our age of technology, microbes help provide new answers about time of death, whether a body was relocated, and medical conditions, all clues to help identify a person. When an individual is unidentified, the post-mortem interval can help investigators narrow down who they might be based on missing person's records. There are more than 4,400 unidentified bodies discovered annually in the U.S. alone, and as many as 1,000 of those remain unidentified for more than a year. Microbes can surpass insects as identification helpers in these cases. Adding microbes to the necrobiome, the entire ecosystem of life involved in decay, is beneficial because they are present in all seasons and in all conditions, even if a body is wrapped in plastic. With insects, you have to wait for them to show up. Advances in DNA sequencing and machine learning are making it possible to identify the bacteria, fungi, and other microbes associated with decay and search for predictable patterns that may eventually provide a method for more precisely determining time since death. Science is unlocking a new level of understanding surrounding the timing or the circumstances around decaying bodies. Forensic entomology is ever-changing, just like the bodies under examination. Tune in again soon, and thanks for joining us on Ballsy History Today.